Hello and welcome to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm your host Neil Murray and I'm joined this week by Stefan Bienkowski and only Stefan Bienkowski. Uh, James isn't feeling very well, we wish him uh, a speedy recovery. Yeah, I just bumped into him in Vicarian Street there and he told me he had a dodgy baked potato. A dodgy baked tatty. <laughs> yes. looking peaky. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he looked fine, but he said he was ill. I think he's just skiving, to be honest. But he's, he's <laughs> joking, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, he's not feeling great, so we'll have to make up for it. That's it. Uh, I mean, just the two of us. Uh, well, we're going to talk about Motherwell this week just because uh, it's what the people want. We're a democracy here on the 2.1 cast. Following the populist movements encompassing Western democracy. This is it. So uh, <laughs> 60, a whopping 63% of you... Uh, voted on our Twitter poll that you wanted us to talk about the return or the so-called return of Motherwell. Uh-huh. Uh, the other options were Celtic's Europa League uh, match and we had some other suggestions. But I had some absolute zoomer come up with an idea of like Rangers' promotions up the league and I think he was trying to suggest that that's why Partick Thistle got relegated. Um, the situation of Partick Thistle, the decline of Scott's fit bat with the demotion of Rangers FC and the possible <laughs> rise back up, purely coincidental. Uh, yeah, uh, a couple Wait, of decent... is, is he suggesting a correlation there? Uh, that Thistle would do just fine until Rangers got back. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I, w- one which I think we made in the future is that why does I mean probably a bad time to mention Tommy Wright, but I think it still stands that someone's mm. saying why doesn't he get hunted for vacancies for example at Hibs and mm. it's an interesting one I mean obviously he's off three losses against Celtic but he's still done a great job at St Johnson yeah. this year anyway I digress um, there's one on talking about Appleton at Hibs it's not confirmed yet might be confirmed by the time people listen to this but true that. once he joins Hibs we should do an episode on you know how they turn their form around I think as well yeah fair uh, and also we should probably put out as well that anytime we usually do these kind of podcasts which suggest that a team has turned a corner <laughs> uh, the complete opposite happens so to any Motherwell fans listening sincere apologies if that if that uh, turns out to be the case but it's it's been a really good run of form uh, for, for Motherwell that's five league wins on the bounce after uh, two excellent goals helped them beat St Mirren 2-1 in their last game uh, Stefan I don't know you I've been super impressed just by Robinson bringing in the kids the likes of uh, Hasty and Turnbull obviously it's a great thing that he's obviously signed for Motherwell signed that contract rather than being tempted by a move away uh, another one that stands out for me is Alan Campbell someone you wrote about quite a bit last season he was already kind of making noises at being one of the most important players at Far Park but uh, he's really shown his quality again and that was a great goal he scored against St Mirren great team move and he, he ended it off but um, I mean the, the, the turnaround not only just in form but in the, in the way that uh, Robinson has the team playing I actually think you're getting to the point where that uh, kind of monogram they had as the hatchet men of the league it's definitely I wouldn't say it's completely gone but it's definitely diminished uh, they can now play they've got some guile they've got some creativity uh, taking out uh, sorry putting in the likes of Turnbull in the middle of the park or even out wide that really adds something they didn't have before and then with Hasty up front it actually he actually complements the likes of a Curtis main mm-hmm. pretty well uh, and it's it's pretty amazing the fact that the, these guys have started four of the last five games that they've won. I don't think it's any coincidence. Uh, the likes of McCormack maybe is still struggling for fitness, but he's not really had that much of a look in yet. Uh, and I don't think he can have many complaints. Why would you change it when uh, these young players are doing the business and look like uh, they deserve to be in the starting eleven at the moment? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hesitant to kind of just boil this right down to just kind of some boring old cliche, but I do feel like it's almost like a tale of two transfer windows where um, in the summer, obviously, they lost a huge amount of talent, Kipri being the most obvious one, that was just six months after obviously uh, Molt left as well, which, you know, the the things began, the wheels basically fell off when Molt did leave, let's be honest, but then I know they did okay for about a month or two and Motherwell fans may suggest it was just the sheer weight of 
two cup finals I actually weighed on that I think that kind of covered over a few cracks as well though didn't it there was a kind of feel good around the club that there was another cup final to look forward to so if the league form did dip which it did yeah. I think you're right I think maybe people could forgive that yeah so I think um, Stephen Robinson had a lot of work to do in his hands in the summer and it didn't really seem to work also Keepy left um, a few other guys left and you know the kind of players that they brought in um weren't really up to scratch. Um, I think this window's been a lot more constructive for them. One thing that's really struck me, just kind of constantly, just kind of, because part of my job is basically to slave over all these transfer, uh, these press co- press conferences and post match interviews and stuff. And if one thing, the kind of recurrent theme with Robinson and leading up to the January window, he was very openly critical of a lot of players in the squad. He made no excuses. And that's just kind of why he is the coach. And it's quite refreshing from a kind of media point of view when coaches are just very open about these things. And it did seem like, you know what, in January there's going to be a fire sale. A lot of people are going to get basically put in their place. Mm-hmm. And he's just basically going to body that entire squad. And to a large extent he did. Um, you know, we saw... Uh, interesting enough, I thought Curtis Main would have been the main one to go. But we, the two ones that really stood out for me are Ryan Bowman and Gail Biggie Romana. Um, I'm led to believe that the two of them were the two highest paid players at the club, if not up there. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and I know Biggie Romana is well regarded as a, good, a decent enough player, and Bowman obviously had his moments at Motherwell as a good player, but I do wonder if them leaving the club in January um, not only signifies, um, you know, Robinson just wiping slate clean and starting again, because as we'll talk about in a minute, the guys who've stepped in for them are brand new young players mostly from the academy but it also maybe suggests that the way that the way that um robinson's style of football works i you know you 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 get these guys all galvanized you big them up to 11 and then they just run through walls for you i wonder if that style of coaching has a certain like uh expiry date on it and maybe after 12 or 18 months particularly senior players it begins to wear off because they've maybe been running through brick walls for a season and then maybe someone like Bowman, a bigger man, like, I kind of want to move on from here. I want to do something else, blah, blah, blah. And maybe that's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone can deny that since the fresh bloods came into the squad, um, you know, as you said, Jake Hasty, David Turnbull, uh, to add to the guys like Callum Campbell. Um, Reby as well has looked pretty decent. Exactly. Yeah, I will well. be honest, it's taken take about 20 minutes while you were looking at stats to find out how you pronounced his name. <laughs> it took me through quite a lot of uh, Clubland backed videos of Chesterfield and I, was, I was like working away in the corner on stats and I could just hear the most bizarre um, music coming from your laptop, including some random vlogger who was screaming at the telly about Ross McCormick. Um, but yeah, so I think, I think that might be something interesting to note that it, it feels as though Robinson is almost building his second squad at Motherwell to an extent here. And, and you know, he, he did say before the window, look, I, need, I just need an opportunity to basically reshuffle the squad, get boys out, bring lads in. And I think, for example, I think a lot of the business they wanted to do in January was tied up to getting Bowman off the wage bill, for example, things like that. I think now that that's um, done... Um, into into Robinson's credit, he did always say once I got once I got the opportunity to reshuffle things in January, mm-hmm. things will change, and that is exactly what's happened so far. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I, I've got to be honest, I wasn't aware that Bowman was so highly paid. Um, I think he's maybe one of these players. I'm not saying he's dispensable, but he, he got like a bonus for available. So he's ah, oh god, he must be minted. They're probably just about to tune. I think it's really refreshing as a podcast that doesn't cover. The old firm, yeah, uh, and you've just gone and you've just elbowed them in the face. You've just bowmaned them in the face. Um, no, I, I was actually wasn't aware he was paid 
that well. Uh, Bigger and Man is an interesting one. I, I talked about him, uh, I was either last week or the week before, uh, and he's moved to Hibs. And I, just, just because I thought it was an interesting move, and I think if it's going to work out for him, it's got to work out for him at Hibs. Showed flashes, particularly at the start of the season, um, in Motherwell, that he could be quite a good player for them, but never really hit the heights that Robinson really really wanted from him and actually now the midfield um, are arguably probably where Motherwell are best to be honest uh, I mean Campbell's a, an absolutely unbelievable player and he's just kind of come into he's always he's never really had a really poor patch but he's definitely having a kind of purple patch and really leading by example at the moment and I think maybe he's just rejuvenated having like a Turnbull in or a Reby in next to him as well so I mean that's obviously great to see but um I don't think they really need Bowman. If he's going to keep Main, if you're needing somebody who's that kind of physical presence up front, you've got Main and it kind of complements uh, Hasty quite well. But it is amazing. They've, they've changed changed style as well. I mean, I'm, whether he's 100% meant to rebuild it in the way he has, I think you're right. I think he's definitely meant to rebuild the squad. Whether he's really thought that these young players would be quickly become such important parts of his first eleven remains to be remains to be kind of known because I'm still not sure whether uh, he was still hoping to bring people in to do that. But yeah. um, I don't know where where did they go from here. I mean, I guess the, the thing is these are these are really good performances. Uh, we look at who they've beaten, mm-hmm. um, but is it something that's I don't want to say a flash in the pan, but is it something that they can sustain? Yeah, I mean, well, the thing that interests me is that the kind of what's really stood out to me over these last five games compared to the season. Is I mean I kind of looked at the goals they've scored per game they've conceded things like that and although their goals per game have shot up from like one point one five to one point eight per game, um, which I think is significant because their season average right now uh, the goals they score is actually less than the goals they concede. So every game they're basically conceding more than they score, which would explain why they're in the predicament they were in before this one of form. Mm-hmm. But what stood out for me more, actually, is the fact that the goals they concede per game has dropped from 1.35 down to 0. 0.4. Right, okay. So they've only conceded two goals in the last five games. And even though it's guys like Hasty and Turnbull who are getting the headlines for these goals they're scoring, which is fine, and actually is probably very important because Motherwell still don't really have a standout goal scorer. The weird thing is that Main's still in the squad, even though he's still not really scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Johnson's kind of an outsider. I think Johnson right now is the top goal scorer in the league table. But what I find really interesting is that um kind of dug into that a wee bit more and I was kind of looking at things and what also maybe stands out for me is that um, the interceptions that Motherwell are making every game, which, you know, I think maybe if there's one stat that probably sums up at least the cliche that people have about Motherwell the way they play, um, is the, their interceptions, you know, they're very physical, mm-hmm. they're very high intensity and their average for the season is 47 interceptions per game. Over the last five games, it's gone up to about 55 or 56 per match. And in some games, it was shooting up to about 70 or 18 individual matches. So that intensity and that ability to really get the ball off teams has just completely shone up. And one player who stands out in that guard is Alex Gorin, actually. Uh, the midfielder they signed in January. He's he's actually top of the league right now for interceptions per 90 minutes. Right, okay. Now, I know that's not a huge... He hasn't had a huge amount of game time. He's only maybe played like... He's in 11 appearances in yeah. the league or something like so, that. So, well, it's not insignificant, I guess, yeah. so you can still consider it. He's top of the league for interceptions per 90. Carl McHugh, who obviously isn't as much a star this season, but still gets game time, he's second. Um, and I think another thing as well is worth mentioning is that Mark Gillespie has really stepped up for you know, Trevor Carson. Yeah, it's Trevor yeah, Carson. That could have easily been a huge. I think it's a really good point. He could have easily been a kind of weak spot because Carson's a big player. Yeah, for, I mean Carson's a huge player yeah. for them. And actually, it's interesting enough. We've seen a lot of goalkeepers in the league this season do that, particularly Backman at Kilmarnock who stepped in for what was a very good goalkeeper before him. But 
Um, I think Gillespie, Gillespie rather, Gorin, you know, and then these other lads have came in. They're kind of, they're making Motherwell a far more defensive side, um, but in a way that allows the, them to still play that kind of high intensity way that uh, Robinson wants them to play because they're basically getting the ball back more. Um, they're conceded far less. So, you know, if they're intercepting the ball, that means there's not even teams that are even getting anywhere near the goal to actually create these chances, obviously. So, and as a result, that obviously means they're creating more chances and they're scoring an average almost like 0.7. They're almost double, uh, you know, the amount of goals they're scoring per game as well right now. So that's impressive because, as I said, they don't actually have a clear goal scorer on the team. So it's, it's, it's this midfield, it's this, it's this linking of, you know, the more defensive attributes in this midfield, but like Alan Campbell, for example, with the guys like Hasty and Turnbull mm-hmm. and stuff. And that's an entire midfield that's basically been rejuvenated over the last six months, really. Against Mirren, you look at that bench and their, their club captain, Peter Hartley, was in the bench. They, they're in a position where they can have the likes of him and McHugh mm-hmm. uh, and they can come off the bench and they're, they're, um, they're able to make a difference. Elliot Free is another one. I mean, um, he's 28, but he still is one of those players where he adds something different. He's maybe a bit of a wild card when he comes yeah. off the bench and can, can do something. Um, so I mean they've got options. This is the thing. I mean, as we kind of touched on at the start, McCormack's not really had much of a look in. Uh, well, yet. that's the interesting thing. People were going nuts for him signing, and rightly so, I suppose. And but. yeah, my, I actually kind of suggested someone that he might have been the signing of the giant window mm-hmm. just because what he could do. Um, he hasn't even got started yet in this team. Um, but I mean, I just kind of had a quick glance there, and over the last five games in the Scottish Premiership, Motherwell are top of the form table with fifteen points from five games, obviously. Uh, and only Celtic can match them. But what's interesting is that although some other teams have scored more goals than them in that regard, obviously Celtic and Rangers and Aberdeen have scored just as many, um, the only team that conceded fewer goals than them in that period are Celtic. So right. although the attack's doing very well, I think it's actually the defensive structure of this team that's actually what's what's really winning them games here. It's that old cliche like, you know, attacks win you cup tournaments, but defence is actually win you league titles or do well mm-hmm. over the course of a season. And if, and if Robinson has really sorted that defence out, especially since, you know, for the first time, maybe since Keeper's left, then that that's that, that suggests far more, a far more solid foundation to go forward rather than just maybe a striker or a midfielder who's in a particular purple path, patch of form right now. But as you said, and we should probably start talking about now, that might all be about to change. Yeah, <laughs> to change. I mean, not even just because we're talking about the club and jinxing you, but I, I, just before we move on, I think it's a really interesting point for the defence because I'll be putting my head up and say I'm probably one of those people you're quick to say, and rightly so, Jake Hasty's been incredible and it's really good to see someone like Turnbull staying at Motherwell rather than going off to a potentially bigger club down south um, and really thriving up here and then obviously Alan Campbell continuing that good form. But yeah, the defence maybe are the un- unsung heroes because... At the start of the season, and I think I wrote about it, but I think it was when Charles Dunn was out as well, and they really, really missed him because what Keepery did quite well was he was really good at bringing the ball up from the back compared yep. to like a, an Aldridge or a, or a Hartley, mm-hmm. who were just old school uh, defenders who g- good at doing the dirty work, and that's why they were so solid, but they never really had that to complement it. But now it seems that even with Grimshaw in there as well, they've got a yeah. good mix, um, and I mean, obviously the stats don't lie. Uh, it's really easy to look at these five wins and say it's purely because of great goals and all this, which it is partly, but if your defence isn't playing well, it doesn't really matter at all. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird irony or maybe paradox of football that um, teams that often play on the front foot and try and harass teams in the opposing half and maybe look like they're more aggressive and attacking usually rely on their back lines far more than maybe a traditional team mm-hmm. because if you're a counter-attacking team that plays a high line and you're you're 
you're committing so many men forwards, you really rely on that back line to make sure they don't continuously lose uh, ground or possession or lose a ball or miss a tackle or miss a run. And as soon as that back line begins to crumble, then the whole system falls apart because suddenly your midfield can can push forwards and close down as quickly as they want because they're having to rely on the back. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just things like that. And maybe there's a suggestion that Robinson's finally been able to push that reset button and because uh, they've got a solid back line now that maybe things are beginning to get back to normal, I guess. Cool. Are we done being positive now and we can start being negative? I know you're itching. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, no, I'm not going to be negative, but I think maybe realistic. Is that fair? Yeah, I think um, so. And there's nothing to say that Motherwell can't go on and win their next five matches, but I think it's going to be significantly harder to do that than it would have been to win the last five matches on paper. At least they had that 1-0 win over Hibs, which is a good win, but obviously Hibs were going through that kind of dreadful run of form with Lennon before he got the... Well, two one over Hamilton before that as well. Yeah, so I mean, again, obviously, like a win against your your rivals can't be sniffed at. But then after that, you'd hopefully beat Dundee, mm. even though they've kind of shown some signs of recovery. Uh, Livingston, there was always the kind of threat that they might slip away after a great start to the season. And St Mirren, again, if you're you, you'd hope as Motherwell, you'd be beating St Mirren, who do seem like one of the poorest, if not the poorest, side in the league. Mm-hmm. With all that said, so five wins, fifteen points, that's great. We look at the next set of five fixtures, and it's going to be quite a bit harder you'd, you'd, you'd imagine uh, I mean first of all it starts um, their next fixture is against Hearts uh, now that's at Fir Park so you, you, I mean, whether that's a, a significant advantage or not I mean Hearts are obviously nowhere near as good away from home mm-hmm. as they're at Tynecastle but that'll be a tough match that's followed by a trip to Parkhead against Celtic you then got to go to Rugby Park against Kilmarnock then they have Hamilton in the Derby again and then they go away to Hibs uh, who will be one looking for revenge and two by that point will have a new manager you'd like to think so um I guess what I'll ask you and put you on the spot is, uh, Stefan, do we think this is going to last or do we think this is a, a flash in the pan and we're going to see Motherwell struggle again and be diminished into their own league in the seventh? <laughs> um, I, I think most Motherwell fans would probably accept that the kind of great relief of this run of form is that they're picking up the points where they should be winning points. And if I'm not mistaken, what was so good about about Robinson's side last year was that they were so good at grinding results against teams in the bottom six. And that's basically how you get the bottom six. You beat everyone else in the top of the bottom six. I mean, St. Johnston are probably a perfect example of that. Um, And Aberdeen, actually, to a large extent, you beat the teams you expect to beat. And then when Celtic and Rangers roll around, you just kind of roll the dice and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. So there's no real fault in that kind of strategy. But the problem is that... um, these results may be slightly inflated by the fact that circumstances have fallen into Motherwell's hands here. As you just mentioned, you know, they beat a Hamilton side who have also just sacked their man. They hadn't sacked him prior to that, I think, but um, we're in the process of sacking them. Hebs as well. Dundee. Okay, Dundee have looked a wee bit better since uh, Jim McIntyre's came in, but, you know... One step forward, two steps yeah, back. Livingston, despite their good start to the season, haven't been great, I think. Um, and obviously St Mirren are, you know, probably without sounding too dismissive, probably the dud side in the division this season. And to kind of put it into context, um, I'm just looking at the form table of the last five games and Dundee, Hamilton, Hibernian, Livingston and St Mirren, all five of those teams are in the bottom half for form over the last five games. <laughs> so they've basically won five games against the five worst teams in the division, to more or less. Um and that that really doesn't have to be taken in context because, you know, we can't just kind of close our eyes and hope for the best here. Um, they'll come up against a Hearts side to really look as though they're back in form here. This is the Hearts team when they had their full fit squad, were beating Celtic at the start of the season, obviously going unbeaten runs. 
I feel as though they're slowly getting back to that. Yeah, in fact, Uchi, I was Uchi's back. That's yeah, a big thing for them. I was actually I was talking to someone the other day about maybe looking at the odds of Hearts winning the Scottish Cup actually this season because they have that in their locker to beat just about anyone team, any team in in the division on their day um, when everyone's fit. So I think Hearts would be a monumental task. Celtic away, obviously. Kilmarnock away. Kilmarnock have maybe stumbled a wee bit lately. Um, and you could maybe argue that they're better at playing against bigger sides than trying to grind out these results. I need to check the stats, actually. That's just a total shot in the dark, so I'm not sure. But they're still Kilmarnock. They've got a home game against Hamilton, and a away game against Hibernian, and a home game against St Mirren. Those three St. games, St Johnson, yeah. sorry, those three games are crucial, I think, because yeah. I could quite easily see them losing the next three games. Mm-hmm. People, maybe fans, not getting too worried because they're obviously against good teams. But that that uh, Hamilton game, Derby, to an extent, is crucial to make sure they kind of stop any potential slide back in a poor form. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then Hibs, hopefully, from a Motherwell point of view, maybe haven't got things sorted by that point. St Johnson, um, similarly to, and then we've got Aberdeen and Rangers. Uh, which you wouldn't expect much from. However, what I would say, sorry, is that um, if you look at Motherwell's form this season, it's not entirely reliant on home or away form. They've been quite solid in both to regards. Mm-hmm. So they're not like some of the other teams who rely so heavily on an away record or a home record for the way they play their game. So, you know, they really can pick up points anywhere. And say they do, say they really do, maybe they don't even pick up a win in, you know, the next uh, seven or eight games. They can still fall back on the fact that, okay, they finish in the bottom six, but they then play a split against the bottom six. And that's probably where Motherwell will thrive. And I know, you know, it might not be too exciting for Motherwell fans to say, you know, finishing sixth is a great uh, achievement, mm-hmm. but I could really foresee them maybe stumbling um, for the rest of the, the current fixture list. And then when the last six, when the split comes around, that's when they start basically making sure that they're well in the clear of everyone else. Well, this is an interesting point. You've got to think, what is the expectation um, for Motherwell fans this season? And I think if you'd asked this maybe four weeks ago, they would have said seventh would be happy with it. Mm-hmm. Whether that's still the case now because of this turn in form remains to be seen. But I think there's maybe a bit of kind of, there's not really that much pressure. There's a young team here, so I think fans are probably willing to kind of let that go and just let these young players express themselves and see how they get on. Mm-hmm. If that means they lose the next three or four games, yeah, it's not great, but I think they're in that kind of sweet sweet spot, as sweet as it can be when you're seventh, but they might be able to catch St. Johnson, but if they don't, they're not going to be relegated. Yeah. So actually, there's maybe not that much pressure on the team as there would be if they were maybe in this position, yeah, three or four points behind St. Johnson, but also hovering above the teams below them as well, which they're not. So they're actually in that point where they can maybe afford to try something a bit different. And if it does, I think you're right, if they do end up finishing seventh and are the best of the rest in that kind of bottom sixth, then fair enough. And as I say, it's, it's, it is, yeah, there's been a kind of turnaround by Robinson, but it's still kind of a new team and a transition phase. And if he can maybe get them to seventh and they finish there and get that transfer end of the summer sorted, maybe add some a wee bit more experience and some more quality, then go again next season and that's when you're seeing they can maybe be as good as, as St Johnston but take St Johnston away from it are they really expected to be as good as Celtic Rangers uh, Hearts Kilmarnock um, not really uh, Aberdeen um, so well do you, do you know what's really interesting actually just to kind of jump in there what also maybe plays in Motherwell's point uh, favour here is that the teams around them so they're only four points off St Johnston for that kind of coveted sixth pot, spot place um, St Johnston bloody terribly right now they've lost the last four games 
They look like they've had the absolute stuffing kicked out of them from Celtic, unfortunately. And I'm sure Motherwell fans know exactly how that feels when you know the line of fixtures just unfortunately line up and you play Celtic three times in a row. And St. Johnson might bounce back in that regard, so you never know. But right now, Motherwell are four points behind them and playing significantly better football than St. Johnson. I've not looked at St. Johnson's fixture list. They may have a, a, a better run of form between now and the split. But... Um, there's nothing to say that St. Johnson's form may continue to struggle. Motherwell continue to rise to an extent. And the other team around them are Hibs, who are two point or one point behind Motherwell. Now, Hibs obviously have a much better squad than Motherwell. I don't think many Motherwell fans would hugely argue with that. They've got more money, resources, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they have to basically wedge in a new manager uh, who is going to have to have an embedding period. He's going to have to try and figure out his best squad is. Uh, and he's going to have to deal with a, not only that but he's going to have to deal with a squad that has had huge upheaval mm-hmm. I mean this is something Neil Lennon couldn't deal with so a new manager whether it be Appleton or whoever else has to basically figure out how he's going to figure out a problem that Neil Lennon could never figure out yeah. he's going to have to do all that whilst playing all these sorts of games Hibs have Celtic in the Scottish Cup as well so Right now, the fact if you're looking at if you're looking at St. Johnson, Mallow, and Hibs for well, that sixth place, I've got St. Johnson's fixtures here. Okay. So the next four fixtures in the league are Rangers away, Aberdeen at home, Hibs at home, Livingston away. Right. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a tough run. That's just as tough, isn't mm-hmm. it? So there you go. So maybe um, maybe maybe you look at that and you're like, okay, if it's between St. Johnson, Mallow, and Hibs for that sixth place, um, and maybe Livingston fans might feel a bit left out there, but we'll just put park them for once for one moment. If you say it's between those three teams. Motherwell look the strongest right now mm-hmm. and there's no reason why they can't maybe continue even though they've got this hard run of form if St Johnson's is just as hard and Hibs have just as many problems to deal with then you'd say Motherwell are probably best suited right now to kind of push for that sixth place maybe yeah, it's interesting it's pretty incredible because there were all the jokes going about that Motherwell were in their own league where this one Hibs, Hibs were still doing okay yeah. but Hibs were just, uh, Motherwell were essentially playing themselves in the league when it came to they're better than the likes of Hamilton, Dundee and St Mirren but not as good as the rest but now it's incredible because obviously they're only four points behind St Johnson yeah bad luck if you're Tommy Wright you're not happy you played Celtic three times in 12 days Tommy Wright's never happy I mean this is also true yeah <laughs> maybe significantly or even more unhappy than usual which um, <laughs> it's not happy at all but it's, it's amazing because they've got, they're there with Hibs, Livingston and St Johnson there's a right mini battle going on there now as well it's just another facet to this league and it's been an unbelievable season so far and it just seems that now there's, there's this whole new kind of breakaway group mm. uh, where you don't know what's going to happen and there's a real race on for the top six particularly if St Johnston don't bounce back yeah. they, they really need to put and it's going to be difficult against Rangers at Ibrox, uh, at Ibrox to do that because Rangers obviously significantly better at home than they are away from home. Have, so you, got, have you got Hibs's fixtures there? I can get them up right now. While um, you're doing that, I'll just say my final silver lining maybe for Motherwell going forward is that if their form does go off a cliff and they are resigned to bomb six no matter what, they still have in the locker the aspect of the squad, which is that they've got now three or four young players who've come into the squad. A lot of them are graduates. And you know what? If Motherwell are resigned to finishing the bottom six... Um, and there's not a huge amount of play from the league Robinson now has between now and August or whenever the league starts next season to basically build a new squad around these young players which the fans will get behind which hugely excites me I've already seen of them so far get them on new contracts not a few of them already have um, and you know I know it's weird to suggest that the games in the, the rest of the league division might not ha- matter of course it does to an extent but Fans will still be. I think Motherwell fans will still appreciate if you know Motherwell's form wobbles between now and May. Not to the extent that they get dragged back into relegation race because I don't think that's possible anymore. But 
they can still walk away from games even if they're losing or dropping points and say, well, you know what, Robinson's now looking to next season and if, he, and, and if he's doing that by building around these young players, mm. then I'm happy enough. No, I agree. Just before I Hibs fix, look at Hibs fixtures, I completely agree with you. I think that's the thing. Even You can even tell, even just if you look at social media or you talk to any Motherwell fans, there's definitely more excitement now that they've slightly changed their style. They've got these young players in uh, and there's a kind of, the buzz is back around the club. So even if we, you, you want to argue that the return of Motherwell might be short-lived in terms of form or winning these this next run of games I definitely think they've found a new identity and it kind of suits them a bit better and Robinson fair play to him because at one point it looked like the writing was on the wall mm. he's definitely turned it around whether all of it was on purpose or it was circumstantial again but I really do think he deserves some credit and you can see why the fans are excited it just shows you that like a club like Motherwell if you bring through the young players and you're in a position in the league like you say where you lose a couple of games, but you're clearly building towards something, and you're uh, ble- bleeding these young players in. Then I don't know. I think fans will forgive a lot more. Um, and just before we finish, yeah, Hibs have a slightly better run in the next three games. Uh, Hibs have Hamilton at home, mm-hmm. um, and then they've got Dundee away, and then it's St Johnston away before they face Celtic in the cup. So, so those are those are more winnable, you would say, than both St Johnston. Not only more winnable, you'd expect the next manager come in here be almost expecting to win those. Yeah, so, well, if you couldn't really ask for a better run of fixtures if you and your yeah. manager coming in, really. What happens if Appleton comes in, he doesn't win those games, and then, you know, Hibs are basically spiralling out of control between now and May. You know, so, so but we, can, we, can, we can deal with that on the Hibs podcast we do next week or the week after then. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think, that's, <laughs> I think that's everything. But, uh, well, James will hopefully be back next week, and uh, we will see how uh, fair going forward I mean I, I do think it's quite exciting time though if, considering all these players are, are Scottish and, and they're not even just like they're 21 like we're talking like 18, 19 mm. I mean you've got Scott the striker as well he's keeping Salmon at the squad right now as well James Scott and um, I mean I think I could keep Salmon at the squad to be honest but uh, I mean, <laughs> fair. making friends uh, on this podcast eh? uh, yeah but that's everything this week then so you can obviously leave us a nice review on iTunes if you fancy please do uh, you can also find us in Audio Boom if you're an Android user and also you can listen to us on Spotify if that's where you listen to your podcast Stefan do you have anything to add before we go no not really actually I'm going to wish James uh well, I saw him, so I told him in person. <laughs> you, you actually ill. You can't get food poison from a tattoo. <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be absolutely fine. We'll see you next week, and hopefully James will still be alive. <laughs>